Hey, I'm Brandon. And I'm Hannah, and we're the pastors at New Community Church. Yeah, and it's our hope that this message inspires you to take your next steps in your faith journey with Jesus. Thanks for joining us today, and enjoy the message. All right, guys, thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. It's so cool. If you don't mind, I'm going to sit down and talk to you guys. Me and Lauren, actually, we lead something we call House Church every week, um, and we just gather right in our living room, and I felt like that was the heart of worship today. I felt like it was like a Holy Spirit experience, and we were just like kind of sitting in our living room and just worshiping, so I thought it was awesome. So if you don't mind, I'm going to sit down. I am a very passionate person, so I probably will stand up at some point and start pacing. But uh, yeah, Brandon didn't tell you this either. He looks pretty strong right now, doesn't he? You want to give it up for Brandon real quick? Okay. Me and Brandon have been working out together the past like year and a half, right, Brandon? It's been about that. Um, so if you don't think he actually looks strong, it's really because he's inconsistent. He doesn't come all the time. Um, so if you think he looks strong, talk to me after. If you don't think he looks strong, it's, that's on him. He's been out in Arizona hanging out, doing stuff. Guys, I'm so grateful to have leaders like Brandon and Hannah. Um, they're people that actually get invested in the community. They believe that this church is not just about four walls. It's not just coming here on a Sunday. They actually invest in community. That's one of the cool things about Brandon. He actually invested in the community and came to start working out in this group and he just started building relationships. There was no, no agenda with him. It's always just been about building relationships. So I know we've been clapping a lot. Can you give it up for our awesome leaders that actually invest in community? Like you said, I became a dad about 10 months ago, and it is the best. I try to tell people every chance I get that I'm a dad, and I'm sure it makes like new dad. <laughs> Keep clapping. I mean, my goodness, this is awesome. Um, I try to tell people every chance I get. Um, I'm sure it makes new parents a little bit upset, especially when I tell them Caleb sleeps amazing. Like, he is awesome at sleeping. Like, they ask me, like, how's it been? I'm like, it's been phenomenal. He sleeps 13 hours a night, and I, I feel great. And they probably have three or four kids. Like, you have no idea what is coming. It kind of feels like that same heart when uh, you have a puppy and you don't have kids yet, and you try to talk to parents who have kids. You're like, oh, I know what it's like. You're like, you have no clue what it's like. Do not compare a puppy to my kid. That's kind of the same way. Um, Lauren has told me that I've been practicing dad jokes my entire life. She's, she's told me that. If, I'm kind of guy, like, if you hang around me the first time, you might think I'm a little bit funny. Like, the seventh time, you're like, that's the same joke. Like, you need to, you need to think of something different. Um, I've learned that from my dad. My dad is all, the king of dad jokes, the king. Um, I'll give you a couple. The ones that kind of make you cringe a little bit, especially when you hear them eight, nine, a hundred times. Um, here's one of them. When I was growing up, you know, you want to go to the movies with your friends, something like that. Hey, Dad, can I have some money to go to the movies? <laughs> yeah, I got you, bud. One dollar. Knock yourself out. Every time. Just hands me one dollar bill. He thinks it's hilarious. That's one of his famous ones. Um, another one, I'll be in the car. I'll be like, hey, Dad, how much longer till we, till we get to our spot that we're going? He's like, well, bud, if you start walking now, you might get there by sundown consistently. So I'm so excited to implement those uh, with Caleb. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, but they're the jokes that kind of make you cringe. All right, believers in here, guys that love Jesus, right? There's something that makes us cringe, and we know this. You're talking to your friends about Jesus, right? And they're like, yeah, but look, I'm just not that religious. I'm like, Ugh, yeah, me either. Please stop saying I'm religious. Like, I'm just not that, I don't really buy into the religion stuff. Now, if we just take religious, that word or religion in and of itself, like I'm not opposed to that word, right? Like a heartfelt devotion to a higher power. Like, of course, I love that, right? But I know what people mean when they say it. I know what they mean. 
they're saying, I just don't want to buy into this thing. There's a bunch of rules and regulations and just checking boxes. That's not really me. And I'm like, man, that's not me either. There's so much more to this. So today, going on this Breaking Free series, I want to talk about breaking free from religion and stepping in to the Holy Spirit and what that looks like. All right, you guys ever read scripture and you come across these verses that you're like, how does that make sense? You guys mind putting this verse up real quick? Okay, this is Jesus towards the end of his life, okay? Um, Life here on earth, right? Now, I want you to imagine something. Imagine you're one of the disciples, one of his close buds, and you have watched him. You have lived with him. You have walked with him, and you have seen the miraculous. You have seen unexplainable things. You're walking with him, and he heals the blind. He restores sight for the blind, right? You see him heal a man with leprosy. You even see him raise someone from the dead. You see him speak with conviction to these religious leaders and almost like tell them off. You see this powerful, humble, beautiful Jesus. You are walking with him. And then he hits, hits you with something like this. This is what he says. But I tell you the truth. It is for your good that I am going away. Like, let's hold there for a second. It is for your good that I'm going away. Because he's explained to them, I'm going to have to endure the cross. And he says, it's for your benefit. It's going to be better for you if I leave. I think some of us kind of live in that a little bit. We're like, oh, I just want to see Jesus. Like, I just want to see him. I just want to know. Like, I just wish I had the physical representation of Jesus right next to me. But he said it's for his benefit. He said it's going to be better if he goes, if the physical body leaves. And this is what he says next. He says, unless I go away, the counselor, another translation says the advocate, okay, will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. He's talking about the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. He's talking about that. So what I want to help us understand is how on earth is something better than the physical representation of Jesus? Like, I've heard this said before. If I just could see Jesus, it would be so much easier to follow him. It would be so much easier. But Jesus says it's for our benefit that he leaves, that's crazy. So again, we're going to talk about what it means to break free from religion and step into this gift that he's explaining to us here in the Holy Spirit. Because when we accept him as Savior, the Holy Spirit comes inside of us. And I think sometimes we don't even respect this gift that we have in the Holy Spirit, the power that is inside of us. You guys with me on that? You guys good to go there? Okay, awesome. So what I mean by religion, let's talk about this first, okay? I'm not talking about it in its truest sense the heartfelt devotions. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about what people believe it to be. And in order to go there, I'm going to give us a brief summary of the Old Testament. And if I'm wrong, talk to those guys. They're not liable for what I'm about to say. I'm pretty sure I'm right on this. Just y'all can check me, okay? All right, Old Testament, all right? You have Adam and Eve, okay? Um, They're in perfect relationship with God, perfect union, okay? And Jesus says, and God says in that moment, he says, look, You can have everything in the garden. Just don't eat from this one tree because we can't have actual love without choice, right? So he has to give them a choice. He has to give them a choice to either choose him or choose not him, right? And the cool thing about God, he always stacks the odds in our favor, but our eyes always go to that one thing that we can't have, right? He ends up taking, they end up taking this fruit of the tree and then their sin. So out of his love, he sends them out of that garden. Okay? Because what is holy, and this is an important thing to remember, what is holy could not be with what is unholy. Here's the way I want you to think of it. And it's not because he's mean. 
guys, I am pale. Look at me. I even went on vacation like last week, and I'm the same skin complexion. Like nothing changed for me. Okay. If I get close to the sun, I am going to burn. Fact. Okay. You guys with me on that? I am going to burn. Doesn't mean the sun's bad. Just means it's so freaking powerful. If I get close to it, it's not going to be good. So what happened was there was this split. Holy could not be around unholy. But we know that God is desperate to be in relationship with us. So he started this plan, okay, from the beginning of time to draw himself back into perfect relationship, okay? So this is what he did. He chose these people called the Israelites, not because of any good works they did, just because of his grace. He chose them. And he was going to display his goodness through the Israelites. That's what he was going to do. But in order for God to dwell holy with unholy, he had to make sure there was some type of purification rules, things to do so they could be in relationship with each other, so they could be in somewhat of a relationship with each other, so they could dwell with each other. Okay? So there was this thing called the tabernacle. Think of it like the church. And there was like this courtyard, and then there was this place called the holy place. And then beyond the holy place, there was this thing called the most holy place. And between the holy place and the most holy place, there was this curtain. And once a year, a priest would go into the most holy place, and he would be with God, and he would atone for the sins of all the Israelites. He would make these sacrifices there. Guys, it was so freaking powerful and intense. It was so powerful and intense that if that person wasn't doing the right things, going into that place, they would die because it was so powerful. The same way if I got close to the sun, yeah, not good. Okay, you guys with me on that? What is holy could not dwell with what was unholy, right? So they had all of these rules that they had to follow, that they had to do, and it was freaking stressful. I think maybe sometimes we have resorted back to that without knowing it, because here's what happened with the Israelites. Because they were living in such fear, right, they elevated one day of the week above the rest. Like, you got to make sure you protect that one day. You got to make sure you do, you got to make sure you do all these things because I just don't want to piss off God. I got to make sure I do X, Y, and Z. And please do not be upset with me. I just want to make sure I do it. And we start making these comeback speeches. And, and I want to show you the cycle that we get into real quick. Okay. Let's put up this next slide real quick. How many guys are in this cycle? Think about this with me real quick. Okay. We perform. We're doing good. Guys, we've been to church like freaking three weeks in a row. We're on fire. Okay. We haven't said a bad word in like four days now. Like it's been really good for us. Like we're, our performance is sky high. We are super spiritual. I even almost turned my hand open in worship, and it was incredible. Like I was like, I was so close. I almost raised it, but my performance is sky high, okay? But then pride comes, and then we sin, right? We mess up that thing we said we wouldn't do, and then guilt, and then condemnation, and then we start beating ourselves up for it, and then our performance, because we make our comeback speech, like, all right, I'm getting back to church, I swear, it's coming. I'm going back, and we get back in that great groove, and this time, man, we lifted our hands, and it was awesome, and then pride sent. Anybody feel like they're ever stuck in this cycle of, like, I just keep messing up with the same thing, it's just over and over again, I'm doing good, I fall, and it's just guilt, condemnation. Anybody ever feel like they're in that cycle? That's what I feel like a lot of people felt in that Old Testament, under that old law. They were trying to accomplish certain things, but man, they could never live up to it. They could never live up to it, all right? Because um, here's the thing, here's what the law does, okay? Here's what the law does. 
it functions as a mirror, okay? You, this is a, kind of a funny thing. You guys have Face ID on your phone? Okay, I swear sometimes I have Face ID on my phone, so like it, I unlock the phone with my face. Sometimes in the morning when I wake up, not looking too great, you know, my, my makeup's not on, you know what I mean? Um, I look in it, it like doesn't even recognize me. I'm like, ah, it's tough. I need to make sure I wake up a little bit more. Like when you look in the mirror, there's sometimes, we all do it, right? Ah, oh, I don't look very good. Uh, this thing, I don't really, like, I don't know what that zit's doing right here. Like, I don't know why this tooth looks like, you kind of start critiquing, right? And you start seeing yourself like this, right? The law just functions as a mirror. That's all it did. I was supposed to do this, but I didn't do this, and now I'm bad. And it just felt like, oh, gosh, I'm awful. I'm terrible. What it's supposed to be, it's not supposed to be this cycle of performance, pride, sin, Guilt, condemnation. It's not supposed to be the cycle. What it's supposed to be is this next one right here. Okay? Go to this next slide for me. Yeah, awesome. Okay? It's supposed to be freedom to freedom to freedom to freedom to freedom. More and more freedom. Because we're not actually supposed to be looking back at ourselves. Right? Self-help, I think, has just made us a little bit more depressed. Right? It's just put a mirror on us even more. And we just see our faults even more clearly. Right? It's supposed to be from one degree of freedom to the next. All right, so you guys know what happened. We just talked about the holy place and the most holy place. You guys know what happened when Jesus was crucified? You guys know what happened? In that moment, when he gave up his last breath, in that moment, that curtain that separates the holy place from the most holy place, that curtain, it tore from top to bottom. Holy cow from top to bottom. The thing that everyone feared stepping into that place. Man, if you were wrong and you stepped into that most holy place, it was not good. But now, it's open. It's completely open. That is unbelievable. What is God saying? He's saying, I am here. I am dwelling with my people now. There is no longer a veil. There's no longer a a curtain separating us. I am with you. Because what Jesus did, he became the substitute for us. He said, you can't fulfill the law. I will do it. I will do it for you. And when you accept me, you no longer have to look in the mirror. You get to look at me. You get to look at me. Okay? We're going to go through this scripture real quick, which is awesome. I love this. But it's going to be a little bit long, but I'm going to explain it to you as we go through. Okay? You guys good with that? Okay? If you didn't get your Bible reading in this week, I got you. Okay? We're, We're doing it right here. Okay, go to this next slide. It says, therefore, since we have such a hope, we are very bold. Freaking awesome. Let's go to the next one. Y'all are good there, right? Okay. We are not like Moses. And when it says Moses, let's just think of Old Testament, okay, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away because they had to have a veil. That curtain had to be there. Because what was holy could not dwell with what was unholy. There had to be some type of separation. And it wasn't what God wanted, but he didn't want to kill his people. So there had to be a separation because what was holy could not be with what was unholy. Okay, let's go to the next one. But their minds were made dull. For to this day, the same veil remains when the old covenant is read. What I think he's saying here, like, hey, when we are having our hope in the law, the law, our own rules that we've made up, when our hope is in our own performance, 
Guys, that veil is still there. And we're not trusting this gift that Jesus has given us. We don't believe in this gift that we read earlier in John 16, 7, where he said, it's for your benefit that I'm leaving. It's for your benefit so that veil can go away. All right? Let's go to the next slide. It has not been removed because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day when Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts, just like we just talked about, right? Let's go to the next one. But this is, I mean, this is where it freaking gets awesome, guys. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, that veil is torn from top to bottom. It is taken away in his name. It is taken away. And we get to see the beautiful face of Jesus. We don't have to long for the physical body because we have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit. Go to the next slide. Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. There is freedom. Sometimes, I don't know about you guys, I don't feel free in my relationship with Jesus. I'm like, oh, I just messed up. I did these. But he said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. You know, Jesus, God says that he casts your sins out as far as the east is from the west. Now, I'm not super smart, okay? I played football, right? Okay, but I know there's a north pole and a south pole, okay? I don't think there's an east and west pole. I could be wrong, right? He says as far as the east is from the west, as far as the east is from the west. What is he saying? I don't remember them. So when you're sitting there beating yourself up for them, he's like, I've already forgotten it. Why are you the one bringing it back up? Why are you the one looking back in the mirror? You guys seen The Lion King? I love The Lion King. I talk to people about this all the time. You guys see The Lion King? Okay. You know when, like, Simba, he messes up, and, like, he bails, and he goes Hakuna Matata, and everybody thinks Hakuna, uh, uh, Hakuna Matata is, like, a really fun moment in the movie. Wrong. He bailed, right? Not a fun moment. Okay. <laughs> what draws him back, he's led to the water, and he sees his reflection. Now think about this with me for a second. He sees his own reflection, and it's sad. He's like, oh, gosh, I, look at me. What have I done? I've left. I've bailed. I've done everything wrong. I was supposed to be king, and like Scar's taking it over. But then there's like this ripple in the water. There is, gosh, it is such a picture of the gospel. There's like this ripple in the water, and it turns into his dad's face. And his dad's face is looking back at him. Right? It's like this stern, confident face. And he looks up in the sky, and there's his dad. And his dad says, Simba, remember who you are. Remember who you are. See, we think God, when we mess up, he's rubbing our face in the mess. That's what we think. Look what you've done. That was terrible. That was awful. I can't believe you did that. You know what he's really doing? He's picking up our face and saying, hey, Sam, son, daughter, Remember who you are. I love you. Look at me. Look at me. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. We're going from glory to glory. And let's go to this next one right here. And says, and we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness. Let's go to this next one. With ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the spirit. That mirror has been replaced with the beautiful unbelievable, never-changing, always-present love of Jesus. You know that you can worship on the shore of your greatest sin. 
You know you can do that? Because the more you're sitting there and you're putting your hope in your performance, I'm telling you guys, we're going to be stuck. We're going to be stuck in this cycle of performance, pride, sin, guilt, condemnation, performance. Pride. We're just going to be stuck in that. And it's going to be really hard to get out of when we're looking at ourselves. But when we look intently at Jesus, gosh, we're transformed into his image because we're no longer worried about ourselves. We're just so enamored by him. So when God says, when Jesus says that it is better that he leaves, he's saying the Holy Spirit is so much better than your rules. The Holy Spirit is so much better than this facade you've been trying to put on for years. It's in that moment there is freedom. There is freedom. Guys, I truly believe that when we step into this Holy Spirit, when we understand the gift that we've been given, man, I, I believe signs and wonders take place. I truly believe that. I truly believe that signs and wonders. If you don't believe me, read Acts. Read that first church. Read what that was like. Man, it was people that just loved each other, that cared for each other, and they prayed for the miraculous. And guess what? It happened because if Jesus said that it was better if he left, and you got to see signs and wonders with him, holy cow, what's going to happen if it's not just one physical body of Jesus, but the Holy Spirit in all of us? Man, that's the multiplication, right? It's the Holy Spirit in all of us, and we get to join in community and press into that. Let's go to this next slide real quick. This has always hit me, okay? This is Matthew eleven twenty eight, 28, okay? And this is the message version of the Bible. This is what it says. Are you tired? Worn out, burned out on religion, come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. Let's go to the next one. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn is awesome. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Let's go to the next one. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Wow. Guys, what would it look like for us to get away with Jesus? Like, let's do something we haven't done this, this week. Let's do something we haven't done, right? This week, I want you to think about this. What would it look like for you to do something you've never done with Jesus? Maybe it's going on a walk, getting in a place. Maybe it's just going on a walk with him. You have your, your AirPods in, and you're just worshiping. Maybe it's just in your room. But being in a place that might be a little bit uncomfortable, but you're pressing in to hear the Holy Spirit outside of religion, outside of rules, and all this stuff. Because our only aim is just to look and fall in love with him. Guys, everything else will flow out of that. I'm not saying, I'm not arguing, there's not discipline, there's not all these things. Yes, but he's made us disciplined. He's made us strong. So the power in and of ourselves, it's not going to work. We're going to be stuck in that same cycle. But when we constantly have a father that's picking our face up and saying, hey, remember who you are? Man, it's freedom, 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 freedom. Because my hope is not in me, it's in him. Last thing I'm going to leave you guys with, okay? The other day I was reading in my, those of you guys that know me, in my office, the local cup, okay? I was reading in there, right? And uh, this just kind of give you a window in my conversations with God. This is what I was reading in Genesis 1.16. It said, God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. And I was like, God, hold on. Again, I'm not super smart, but I know the moon. That's what you're talking about, God. The moon is not technically a light. It's only a reflection of the sun. 
And he was like, yeah, exactly. So he told me, he was like, exactly. I said, Sam, I call you a light, but you're not a light. You're just a reflection of me. Let's go to the next one. And this is what he told me. He said, look, Sam, I want you to think about this. The moon is a reflection of the sun. This is what the moon does, okay, because it's reflecting the sun. It points to the fact that the sun is alive. It's real. And the sun is returning, right? The moon enters the darkness and shines this light, not of its own willpower, not of its own willpower, but it's just enamored by the sun, just totally in love with the sun. And in its right place, when we're looking at the moon, it really should, oh my gosh, there must be something great. And this is what he told me. He said, Sam, go to this next one for me. He said, Sam, you are a reflection of me. You point to the fact that the S-O-N sun is alive and the S-O-N sun is returning. Unbelievable. That's where we got to put all of our willpower is into that. I can do that. These people came up to Jesus and this is what they said. They said, Jesus, how do we work the works of God? How do we do it? What do we do? And they were expecting maybe like a, a list, right? All right, this is what you got to do. You got you to go to church, and then you got to get in John. John's the greatest, you know, like read, gospel, read the gospel of John first, and then you're going to go to Romans, and you're going to go to Acts. And then... That's not what he said. He said, you want to work the works of God? Believe in the one he sent. That, that's all of your power, all of your white knuckling should go into that. It should go into that. This place of rest, this place of peace, where I'm just staring at the beauty of Jesus. We've made it about so many other things, guys. I've made it about so many other things. It's not it. He didn't ask us to do that. I want to know the Father. I want to know his heart for me. And that can't happen while I'm looking in the mirror. I've got to fall in love with this God who created me. I've got to fall in love with him. I've got to get enamored by him. So guys, if this is you, if you feel like you've been in a place, if you feel like you've been in a place where you've been striving and you've been putting all your effort into things that just don't matter, You've been building up this facade of religiosity, of rules, of regulations, and you've been patting yourself on the back, but then you go into pride, condemnation, guilt, all this stuff. If that is you, because I know it's me, would you guys open your hands with me? Would you guys pray with me? Hey, Jesus. Jesus, we just commit to looking into your beautiful face. Lord, lead us into this place this week where we can just be in awe of you, in awe of you, in awe of the one who created us. Lord, you are so good. We want to laugh with you. We want to rest with you. We want to sit with you. We want to hear your heartbeat, Jesus. Lord, lead us into this place where we can just look at you, Lord. Just look so intently at you. We love you in your name. Amen. And guys, I'm going to do one more thing. And I, I don't believe we do these things just to try to um, 
prove it to anyone. I believe that sometimes when we do something like raise our hand or even baptism, when there's this outward expression of what's taking place internally, it almost confirms it in our own hearts, okay? So what I'm going to ask you guys to do in a second with every head bowed, eyes closed, all that stuff so people don't feel uncomfortable. If you want this gift of the Holy Spirit, to rest on you. If you're done with religion, you actually want to step into true relationship. You want to say yes to Jesus. Okay. I'll get you guys to raise your hand. So yeah, guys, right now with your every eye closed, every head bowed, if that's you, would you guys raise your hand? You want to say yes to Jesus? It's so good. It's so good. Jesus, we love you. We worship you. You are king. You are Lord. You are Abba. You are friend. Lord, we are so in love with you, Lord. Lord, with every person that raised their hand, Jesus, I just ask right now that you send your Holy Spirit in them. You remind them who they are. You remind them they're a son. They're a daughter of the one true king, the highest king, king forever, Lord, Savior, friend. Lord, we love you. We praise you. Lord, we are committing our lives to you. We are committing to no longer live in religion, but to live in a beautiful relationship with you, Lord. We love you so much. We praise you in your name. Amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope that this message inspired you to take your next step in your faith journey with Jesus. Yeah, and we'd love to connect with you further. And the best way to do that is at our website, thenewcommunity.church, where you can connect to our small groups, find other resources, and even give to the work God's doing through New Community.